Ready Check Radio. Stand by as we get ready to serve up all your news this week in the world of gaming. Welcome to Gaming Gumbo. What's up, Internet? Welcome to Gaming Gumbo, your weekly gaming wrap-up podcast brought to you by Ready Check Radio. Welcome. It's Saturday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. That means we're live on twitch.tv slash readycheckradio, R-A-I-D-E-O. If you're watching uh, on YouTube or listening on Spotify, head on over to readycheckradio.com. Make sure you click on all the socials in the upper right-hand corner and click like and follow and notify and subscribe and get your friends and spread the word and all that stuff. We'd like to continue growing. We need your help to do that. Uh, we are running right now a little bit of a uh, promo thing. If you go check out the Relic Grind that aired this Thursday and you give the YouTube video a like, if we hit 25 likes, we will actually do a stream where we make Yoshi P's cookies that he streamed making on Twitch. So we can see how that works out. But it's got to get 25 YouTube likes. Head on over to the site and uh, click like on that YouTube video. Much appreciated. But we've got a lot to talk about today, including some Mass Effect news, some Resident Evil Village news, some other Resident Evil news, maybe not so good. And we're going to talk about how we all feel about the early access and pre-orders. Joining me, as always, Mr. Jason Winter. How are you, sir? So I've actually got a question for you. Oh, oh for everybody. I'm delighted. Go ahead. Is this not the cutest little cleaver you've ever seen in your life? That is a pretty cute little cleaver. Where the hell did you get that? Well, you have one, too. Oh, do I? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. is it in the Magic Legends thing? Yeah, it's in that little Magic Legends thing. It wasn't a knife. We saw a package up. Yeah, I thought it was a knife. It was a little cleaver. Is, you need to chop is, up your uh, sausage or your thing actually or sharp? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's quite sharp. I don't know huh. if you can see the edge there. It's, it's got a little bevel there. That is a cute little cleaver. I have no idea where mine is. The night you messaged me... Uh, <laughs> said I was trying it. ...saying that you were trying it, and it was actually pretty good, I was going to get mine, and I can't find it. Somebody mm. moved it. So somewhere in my house, there's and <laughs> cheese wrapped in plastic rotting with the cutest cleaver and cutting board ever. It, it was probably knows. Tinky. Yeah, no, nobody knows where the hell it is. Also on the line, resident Ready Check Radio artist Yod. How are you, sir? I'm doing all right. You know, going crazy, drawing more stuff. Yeah, you got, you got Val. <laughs> She's kind of yeah, appearing yeah. in all the artwork. You're going to notice over the next week or so. Uh, actually, I think I'm going to do it. Uh, well, yeah, so we'll we'll have probably the normal shows next week. We're going to take shows off the week of the 18th. I'll be getting a new desktop that I had built finally, so um, Very nice. I'll be doing a bunch of file moving. We'll still have all the normal streams, like me and Jason and, and Faye and Liminality Carb and Torchwick and all everybody. Those will happen, but we won't have shows that week while I transfer files. And we're going to have a surprise for everybody with uh, some updated 2021 graphics already uh, mm. on all the shows. We'll get Val a little more a little more present in those. <laughs> yeah, that was just like Yod just, hey, <laughs> hey, do you like this? Yeah, I do. <laughs> do you want to use it? Well, yeah, I mean, I'm sure I could use it, but you know, I can't really just be affording to pay you for things you randomly mail me. Oh, no, 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 no. Just use these. Use these. They're 2021 updates. Use these. 
Oh, okay, I'll use them. I'll use them. Yeah. I'll bill you later. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, I'll get a bill in the mail. <laughs> we'll work that out some other time. Just, just owe me one. Speaking <laughs> of uh, things upcoming, uh, maybe not in my mail, but upcoming, Yod, you've got to be excited. No, I don't pay with exposure. That's bullshit. <laughs> I pay with straight cash when I commission artists, whether that's, it's Yod or true. somebody else. Yeah, that is very true. And I tried. He did not commission this stuff, therefore he doesn't have to pay for it. Right. I just want the channel to grow. Right. I tried yeah. to pay with exposure once, but they told me to put my pants back on. <laughs> the the officer wasn't very happy. <laughs> no, he was not. <laughs> what are we even talking about today, Yod? You got to be pretty happy. We're getting more and more info as we yes. head into May. We're going to do a little segment right now about some things coming up in May. Um, some biggies. We're getting more and yeah. more information on the Mass Effect Legendary Edition. In particular, pretty big dev blog dumped on the site for uh, Mass Effect Legendary Edition. Going through a ton of revised things that are happening in the Legendary Edition. Right now we're watching, I believe it's IGN's footage to give credit mm -hmm. where due, of some of the original versus the Legendary Edition. But they put a ton of stuff here, Yod. As you worked your way through it, what did you yes. like the most? What are you a little concerned about? What are you super excited about? Because you are less than a month away from this, right? It's like May 7th, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I, I heard recently that the... Uh, the, the legendary edition went uh, gold master, yep. so they're ready to ship. Yeah. Um, but I do really like the graphics update. Obviously, May fourteenth. Sorry, by the way, May fourteenth. Yeah. The um, the 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 fixes on Mass Effect one to bring it up to par with the other one, the uh, two and three, and uh, of course the the fact that you don't have to play multiplayer or actually you can't play multiplayer but you don't have to do the multiplayer or the third uh, uh, the uh, off game app to to get you know up to par on Mass Effect 3 um <clears throat> I'm a little weary about the I mean I, I like I love the games yeah and I, I love the shooting I love the story I was never that great at all the exploring stuff it just took too much time for me i, I wanted to shoot things oh see that's why i love <laughs> mass effect one yeah i, I and then I, mass I, effect I 2 was one. very different for me because it focused more towards you right than, than right. towards me from there on out so you know the 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 whole gathering and all that stuff's gonna be a little annoying to me but i realized that there's other people that enjoy other aspects of it. So, and ma the original Mass Effect in this set, by the way, is the one that's had the most tweaks as far as right. exactly what you're talking about. Right. Gunplay, the, uh, aiming down yep. sights, abilities. Mm -hmm. Shepard mm -hmm. can now sprint out of combat. Yep. Thank God. Um, yes. All yes, of those that. that everything feels like they're tightening up versus mm -hmm. the original on the combat. Now, they have made some changes to, you know, two and three, but specifically right. one, there were quite a few changes on exactly mm -hmm. this front, Jason. And the uh, the squad, your squad mates actually listen to you. That, that's also yeah. very important. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I just did a search. I, like, searched for how many times first is in that article, and it's 15 <laughs> times. 12 yeah. of them actually referencing the first game specifically. Like, we changed this in the first game. We tightened this from the first game. <laughs> Right, and, and yeah. to, be, to be clear, it isn't that squad mates didn't listen to you in the first one. It's that when you had multiple companions, they right. were they were ordered around as a group 
in the first one. Right. And in Mass Effect 2 and 3, you could order them around individually. They have right. added that to Mass Effect way, 1. Yeah, go that way. Yeah. yeah. So now in Mass Effect 1, your squad mates can all be commanded independently of each other. Uh, Jason, they did quite a bit here, too, on actually the creation of Shepard, kind of standardizing a lot of the appearance stuff. They also went in and added the Mass Effect Genesis comics by Dark Horse. So if you don't want to start with number one because you're Yod and you that's just too much ex <laughs> exploration for you, you want to jump straight to two, you can go ahead and simulate the decisions from Mass Effect 1 so that your, your character is already evolved a little bit for number two. I get that, but it seems a little cheap. Like, why are you buying yeah, all three games well, over here? You're not going to play the first. You also <laughs> don't, you also don't get the points. That, that's, that's the whole thing with eliminating the multiplayer mode and the uh, third-party app where you get uh, galaxy points for the third game is if you don't play the first two, you don't get the points for it, so you have to hit every single point to get that good ending at three. If you play all three, it's a little easier to you know get max resources and get that good ending that you want. Femshep, if you're a fan of Femshep from 3, uh, yes. that has been implemented in 1 and 2. However, for those of you that maybe liked the original character creation options on the, the female side of Femshep, uh, you still have the originals to choose from. This is just an addition to number 1 and number 2 to give you the Femshep options in uh in number one and two that were available in three and then we get to kind of like the bigger overall picture jason like the entire galaxy at war being rebalanced uh like everything so all of your choices across the trilogy lead you to the end right the galaxy at war feature puts you in the heart of the reaper war from the normandy's combat information center which has been rebalanced in the Legendary Edition. And they give an example here. Galic galactic readiness is no longer impacted by external factors that aren't part of the collection, like multiplayer or the old companion app for Mass Effect 3. However, that doesn't necessarily mean defeating the Reapers will be easy. The more content you complete across the entire trilogy, the more likely you'll be prepared for the final fights in its conclusion. So... Not only these little improvements, well, I shouldn't say little, they're quite substantive, actually. <laughs> All of these changes across the board from character creation to gunplay to exploration to gameplay to graphics to all of this, then that whole package gets revamped as far as an overarching story in this galaxy at war, difficulty-wise, in accordance to all of these new settings, not just, hey, we're going to make all these changes to the core systems, but the overall picture looks the same. Well, then wouldn't that make the overall picture easier? No, not necessarily. Uh, we're going to revamp that portion, too. Right. Yeah, I was the kind of guy who... I just went through it all, and I didn't care like what the, what the exact best way to do it was. I was just like, I'm gonna, I'm like Yacht. I went ahead and did the side quests. So all I cared about was doing everything, interacting with all the people. I did everything, too. But... Making the one a sorry green, you know, whatever it was. So. <laughs> but yeah, I... I, 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 I Again, I'm 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 the kind of guy I would have to play through it all again. Maybe that's not maybe I I don't know. I wouldn't buy this if I wasn't planning to play them all. So I don't. Right. Good for people who aren't going to. I'm. But 
You're going to get your ass kicked by the Reapers. Then I'm still on the fence. I'm still on the fence because when the originals came out, I like I said, and I've said it before multiple times on this show, I love Mass Effect 1 and that whole exploration aspect really catered to me. And I don't generally like just more sandboxy exploration games, but Mass Effect 1, like the story moved along at a pace that I was fine with. And then like in my brain, like if you explore the galaxy, right, you get in a ship and you go... 99.9% 99.9% of the places you land, you ain't seeing shit. Like, and I know how boring that sounds from a video game front, but realistically, that's what would happen if you took off from Earth and just started landing on planets. Uh, and so I like, totally that. That. I like that aspect. I actually never played Mass Effect 3 or Andromeda. Well, I, no, I, t- I take that back. I played Andromeda a little bit, but I didn't beat it. I never played Mass Effect 3. I got about halfway through 2, and I kind of fell out of it. So I'm still on the fence on whether or not I personally pick this one up. I love the series. I love the concept. I love the lore. But I don't know if the games actually hold enough for me. It's it's a, it's a like a love-hate thing. I don't know if I want to buy this, Jason. It sounds like you're a definite buy, though. Uh, no, I'm kind of iffy because I've already played them. So it's like, I don't know if I really want to do them again and buy the new thing. What you do then, Mike, just play a combat character and be renegade the whole way through. Just be an ass. <laughs> so I punch it, punch and shoot everything. There you go. Just punch and shoot and kick my way through it. Yod, obviously, exactly you, the way to do it. you wanted the whole nine bajillion dollar collector set if you had uh, unlimited if funds. If it came but... with the game. Right. If it came with the game. That was my big thing. <laughs> if it came with the game, I would have bought it. But doesn't... Oh, bye, kitty. <laughs> it, doesn't... it didn't come with the game, so I didn't get it. Now my only question is, do I get it on a PS4 or the computer? Because they do have the option for ultra-wide now, and I do have an ultra-wide monitor. So I kind of want to see that. <laughs> yeah, I think you get it on the computer. I think you, like If you're going to get it on console at this point, I think you get it on next-gen console. If you don't have a next-gen console right now, you, you right. buy it on PC, I think. Right. That, that, I think that's where I'm going. I, th- I think I do believe that's what we'll see a little over a month yeah. a little over yep. a month yep. away and for those of you that have fetishes for nine foot tall a uh, nine foot six <laughs> inch tall women boy do we have some news for you today nine <laughs> feet yeah. six inches tall of well, course my we're ta- segment obviously yeah this is you know we had yod's corner last week this is jason's corner this week <laughs> <laughs> this is I don't know if it's Jason's corner or if this is Jason's BDSM den. I don't know what we're, we'll call it. We'll call it same something. Thing. Yeah, same right thing. There. Same thing. Uh, we are, of I course, mean, talking about tall, Lady Demetrio you know, in uh, Resident Evil tall. Village. IGN had a piece a few days ago talking about the evolution of this character that's kind of captivated Resident Evil fans lately, <laughs> particularly when we got to play the, what was it, the Maiden demo? Is that what it's called? Maiden? I think so. I think it was called, I don't know, Maiden, something yeah. like that. The, the I, demo. Yeah, um, yeah the, the, the demo. This one coming out early May as well. So we're going to see this in about a month. Very excited for this. Always, uh, I love Resident Evil, and this game's been looking great. But the, Very excited. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, but Our Lady has like kind of, yeah, she's really, really taken off for a game that isn't even out yet. And so IGN got a chance to sit down and talk to the development team about the creation of this character and where she came from, why she's like this this height. 
And it's very funny. Like they started, if you read this piece, and I'd highly recommend you do, over on IGN, Resident Evil Village, The Evolution of Lady Dermeshu. Dimitrio. Dimitrio. <laughs> yeah, Lady. Lady. Yeah, just Alcina. There we go. That's easier. Lady Alcina. Uh and her and her daughters. They didn't start as just her and her daughters, Jason. This started as basically a haunted house with hundreds of naked witches was their original <laughs> idea. <laughs> <laughs> and then they were like, we actually want people to sell this. Right. People. <laughs> I, although you got to love this development approach. They were like, all right, how do we, what are we going to do with the story? What are we, where are we going to take things? All right. How about a haunted castle with hundreds of naked witches? And it was this huge, big thing. And then they started looking at, well, this is actually really hard to animate. Yeah. Don't know if it'll sell at that point because it's just a mm-hmm. bunch of naked witches running around. It would have sold, by the way. It would have sold. It would totally sold. It 100% would have sold. But the processing power for a castle full of (laughs) naked witches running around just was not feasible at the time. Right, right. (laughs) So they get to, like, their whole mentality, which was, let's imagine it big and grandiose and ridiculous, and then just start scaling back the bits that we need to before they finally land on essentially a mega vampire character and her her three daughters and they started what's really funny to me about this one was when they were doing the design for lady here they actually started with the main female uh protagonist in the original her character model in in resident evil 7 and started modifying just costumes and put a hat on her and stuff and they liked where it was going, but then all of a sudden, Jason, they were like, she's not scary. So yeah. how do you make a woman scary? Apparently, their answer was just make her bigger. They just hit the scaling tool on, the, on their <laughs> graphic yeah. design thing. And just, hmm? For those of you that want to know, Yad, I know you are, as an artist, you definitely want to know. <laughs> we now have not just her height, but also her shoe size. <laughs> 44 centimeters, 17.3 inches. That's double the average woman's shoe size. For research purposes, right? Yeah, research purposes. <laughs> what I, I like the- about that is it mentioned that there was actually a world record holder for the world's largest feet. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. yeah. She beats him by, by four centimeters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Jason Rodriguez Hernandez's uh, feet in the Guinness Book of World Records are beaten by four centimeters. Yep. <laughs> Designed it, lady uh, shoes based on the real a real pair of high heels, which were scanned and resized digitally to match the giantess' formidable height. But we didn't go all the way to Capcom's Osaka headquarters just to talk about feet. Yeah, you yeah, did. Right. Yeah, you did. Because the memes are <laughs> yeah. step on me, step on me, step on me. And now you know exactly the size of the clod hopper yod that's going to be stepping on you. <laughs> Uh, it was, wow. It's actually really a, a very interesting piece. And I'm going to give you what we were just talking about here. The original concept was a castle populated by only women. It's later in the story that they mentioned they were supposed to be nude. Yeah. We tried a lot of different things in order to make the Countess scary and feel like a boss character. There were ideas to make her more creature-like as well. But in the end, we felt that a towering woman was the most simple yet powerful thing we could do. I felt that just doing a gothic aesthetic would be a bit lacking in originality, which is why I wanted to add a modern idea to that premise. 
We looked at fashion from that era in which actresses like Audrey Hepburn were active, as well as the Adams family. We use these sources as hints to create a less conventional gothic setting. The castle, of course, getting a little bit of love in here, Jason, too. For a piece that, if you, on its surface, has nothing in there, for those of you that are waiting for this game like I am and want more information on the game, this was a very, very interesting read. Yeah, they got a lot of info in there without, really just by focusing on her without getting into like massive details about the game itself, which is a great way to Great way to do that sort of thing without having to have expectations then for the game. Yod, Resident Evil, my yeah. Resident Evil brother, this is a must-buy, right? It is, yes. Yes, I, I... It looks like a really fun game, you know, other than the fact that there's a nine-foot woman chasing after you all the time. <laughs> I'll tell you what, they got it. She is frightening. She is frightening. yeah. yeah. Quite she frightening. frightening. It, it, She's it got is, that, uh... that like whole sex appeal frightening thing going on at the Did same you... time. Was was it in our our uh, Discord or somewhere else that I saw the uh, Russian basketball player cosplaying as her? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. She's yeah, 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 six foot nine. Yeah. 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 She's yeah. I, she's I, I, just I a you know a little yeah. under three feet away, but the cosplay looked phenomenal. Looked yeah. Absolutely yeah. phenomenal. Um. Yeah. This is absolutely a must buy for me. I'm very interested to see. Like we already know that the events of Resident Evil 7 lead into this. We're not entirely sure on the timing between the two. We're going to see Ethan and um, what the hell is his wife's name? I can't I can't remember her name. Uh, we're going to see Ethan's wife. Then we see Chris as well. Chris Redfield plays into this. Like, I want to know from the way the first game of Resident Evil 7 ended, what happened? What the hell? How did we <laughs> get here? <laughs> How did we get here? I can't well, wait to know. boot it up for the first time. This is a definite must-buy for me. Jason, what about you? I've never played a Resident Evil game before. Not, so I'm not a gonna, single one. Not a single... I might have played the first one a little bit. Like I, don't, I had it on the original PlayStation for a while, but... Yeah. Now, I keep asking everybody on these games, are they must-buys or not? Because we're going to talk briefly about something in a few minutes now that you know whether or not some of us are going to buy some of these games. What I do have to point out before we leave Resident Evil, though, is that Resident Evil Reverse was running the open beta. This is right. the multiplayer game. We talked about it a, a few weeks ago, or maybe even longer than that ago. Um, they tweeted out uh, just two days ago regarding the Reverse open beta test. As we're still seeing issues with Reverse open beta test matchmaking service for a multiplayer matchmaking required game, we have decided that until further notice to temporarily suspend the open beta test to resolve the problems, we will continue to investigate and we apologize for any inconvenience caused. So if you were actually taking part in that test or looking forward to maybe taking part in that test, I know generally a lot of us aren't like super high on this actually being good because most of the other multiplayer Resident Evil stuff is total caca. But um, yeah. We're going to have to wait a little while longer. Like, imagine building a game so bad, Jason, when it launches, you have to unlaunch it. Yeah, Final Fantasy fourteen. excuse me. Crucible! Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's not... The difference uh, is that people actually... The difference is that people kind of actually wanted those games. True. <laughs> uh, you, you do have to respect, though, that they put it in open beta, and they were like, okay, it's broken. Let's take it back out of open beta. At least it was open beta, not launch. So... <laughs> 
We'll see. I don't know. There's no timelines for anything right now, Yod, but it's not looking good for those that were interested in uh, reverse. I'm okay with that. <laughs> That's going to really disappoint at least uh, like three or four people. Yeah. Now, well, they did bring it back up a little bit. Uh, today's open beta test, they, they did this today, about 10 hours ago, has ended. Thank you to all who participated. We didn't really get any results on that one. Uh, like if there was, I assume, better matchmaking and things like that again. But I don't know. We'll see. CP2000 or 2077 <laughs> was kind of unlaunched thanks to Sony. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you're right. Yeah. See, this is why you come to the live show because Chad is. Hey, on there's our mention for the week. All right. There it is. Hey, we got hey. it in. Mad Martha. Thank you, Mad Martha. Keeping us we on point. Uh, originally slated to be released in May, but no longer coming out in May. In fact, delayed until September 14th. And this is the second delay for this game. PS5 exclusive Deathloop. Bethesda, we need a little more time. We need a little more time. We've made the decision to delay the launch of Deathloop to September 14th, 2021. We're committed to quality and preserving our team's ambitions for Deathloop while ensuring the health and safety of everyone at Arcane. We'll be using this extra time to accomplish our goal, create a fun, stylish, and mind-bending player experience. We apologize for the extended wait, and thank you all for your passion and excitement. It is the fuel that powers our creativity and our hard work. We can't wait to show you more Deathloop soon, and that's from game director Dinga Bakaba, the art director uh, Sebastian Milton, or Mitten and Arc and the Arcane Lion team as a whole. So if you were looking forward to Deathloop, you got another couple of months. You got another like five months. Pretty substantive delay there from from May until September. Four months. And I'm always I'm always I'm a little worried too when I get like a game's being delayed because they need more time to finish it. All right, I get that. That's fine. Yeah. It worries me a little bit when it's a game that has some innovative, cool thing to it. Yeah. It's that like makes me wonder like right. Yeah, it's like we promised this great thing, and we, they promised this great thing like a year ago. And we're gonna get it in the game, and then they get around to putting it in the game, and we're like, uh, maybe we can't do this. All right, let's just delay it. We'll figure it out. We'll figure something out. Don't worry. Don't worry. <laughs> you get the what we call the EverQuest Next effect. This is gonna be really innovative. This is cool. Oh shit! It's not none of it's fun. <laughs> we can't. We can't make it happen. <laughs> we can't make we can't it work. And it. None of it's fun. That is. It um, is a little concerning, and this is one that's been like mildly on my radar since we first saw it a while ago. Uh, I'm not generally into you know a huge amount of first-person shooters, but this one I was like, I kind of like that concept. I kind of like the what they're doing with this. I want to try this out. And so having it delayed once, okay. Having it delayed again, and it's another four-month delay. A lot can obviously be accomplished in four months, but only if you're at a certain point, Yad. Like if there are right. system issues, you're in trouble. Yeah. If you're talking yeah. about polish on frame rate. Okay, fine. Yeah, four months could obviously do a lot on that type of front. But if core concepts aren't working or aren't functioning right, four months is almost nothing as far as that. And we don't know the status. Maybe it is just the whole polish and we don't want to have a Fallout 76 or a cyberpunk thing. You know what? Let's take four more months of straight QA. Great. Right. You know, that could be right. beneficial. But you've already delayed it once. And now you're backing it into a time period. September is right around when we start seeing, you know, all the major yearly first-person shooter releases, Call of Duties, things like that. Now you're backing yourself right into their release window. Mm -hmm, mm 
and uh, they haven't released what what's wrong with it or what they need to finish up. So that's a little worrisome. Because <laughs> normally if it's nothing big, the company will just say, you know, it's nothing big or, you know, we, we just want to put a little more spit shine on it or yeah. something. But Yeah, this was kind of a like an evasive... Yeah. <laughs> we just that's... want to continue reaching our vision, Jason. Fun, mm -hmm. stylish game. Okay. Mm -hmm. What stops you? What's stopping you right now? So, not in May anymore. <laughs> that concludes all of our May news, everybody. Okay. Now, I did ask all of you about particular games, which ones you want, because I want to talk generally about the culture now, right? In gaming, whether that's early access or pre-orders or pre-order bonuses or exclusive bonuses for pre-ordering at GameStop or Spider-Man for pre-ordering on the PlayStation or blah, 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 blah. There was a time, gentlemen, where I pretty much pre-ordered every game I knew I was going to buy. Yep. This was years ago. You know, I mean, not I, I don't say it like it's 30 years ago or anything. It's like six, seven years ago. If I, I, I'm buying that game, I'm going to pre-order it. Um, put my $5 down or whatever, go pick it up on release day, midnight release, or whatever was running. And I've noticed that over the years, I have started, or I have been pre-ordering far less. I've been getting into early accesses far less. Now, I have a few reasons for, for my personal decisions here with the old wallet. But I'd like to get yours first. Jason, when's the last time you pre-ordered a game? Have you ever generally been a pre-orderer or going after a particular exclusive by pre-ordering with a particular company or on a particular platform? Like, I, I know you might be a little cynical today, but I'm talking about <laughs> in the past. Was it generally a habit you indulged in that you don't anymore? Maybe you still do a little bit. Where do you stand on, on how this all works these days? I mean, first off, I've only generally been a one-platform kind of guy. Like, I only had a PlayStation and a PlayStation 2, and then when that was getting old, I got my PC, so it's like... And that's what I've used mostly. We have a PS4 in the house, but I barely use that. So in terms in terms of platform-exclusive stuff, I kind of go with what I can get. <laughs> and I deal with it. And it's not the greatest, but if, if we're going to get that sort of thing, then whatever, then I'll, I'll live. So you've never so been, I'm, like, tempted to get an Xbox because there's no. a better package on two games this year that you know you're really going to want than yeah. on, on Sony. That's never done. Like, it's, it's never moved just a like, console for you. Or anything. It's like a skin or something like that. If it's something, if it is something like Spider-Man um, for Avengers, then, I'll, then I'm probably not going to buy the game because I think that's a crappy way to do it. Yeah. Then I'll just be mad and not buy the game out of spite. So, <laughs> yeah. Now, in terms of when the last time I pre-ordered, that would be last year. Okay. Can, can you guess? Can you guess what last it was? Last year. Probably Crusader Kings 3. Yeah, there you go. Nice. So my, so, so my rule, and but I didn't pre-order until like August. So it came out, in, came out September 1st. Then maybe it, was, maybe it was late July, early August. And my rule with pre-ordering or with early access is this. I'll only do that if I will be happy with the game when it launches, when it's, when it's available to me. I don't buy it based on, oh, in a few months they're going to add this or they're going to add that. Right. Or it's or even if, if I can deal with it being buggy or whatever. If I can deal with that, if I think it's fine, if I think I really like the concept or whatever, then I will pre-order. I think the last thing I pre-ordered before that was probably um, uh, Guild Wars 2. 
which wow. I knew I was going to play. Yeah. I, actually, no, I did. I did. I did pre-order Total War Rome Two, and that was that turned out badly. But yeah, for Guild Wars Two, yeah, that was something I had followed for years, and I knew I was going to buy it. And the point is, do your research on it before you're going to pre-order. If you think you're going to, if it looks like a solid company, if it looks like a solid game, watch the videos or whatever, so on and so forth. Some people I think are just like, oh, here's a game with you know vampires and schoolgirls, whatever. I like those. I'm going to pre-order. Here are my sixty bucks. Yeah. Like, they don't even care what's going to go in it. They're just like. Or they see one trailer video for like two minutes and they're like, "Yeah, I'll fling my money at it." It's like, no, that's that, that's a bad way to do things. Mad Bars in chat saying, regardless of launch type nowadays, I try to find a Twitch stream and see it for myself yeah. before purchasing. Yeah, in Japan is the other great, side of the coin. Point, yeah. I only pre-order a game if it comes with something interesting. Well, I mean, you well, only pre-order a game if it comes. Well, that's like if yeah, it comes I mean, with something interesting, I'm going to pre-order it. But but that's sort of their point. That's why yeah. they do that. That's why they oh, yeah. throw in that oh, stuff. Yeah. Because they just if they're just going to try it's sixty dollars to get this game earlier. What if I buy it late? Uh, it's still sixty dollars. No, yep, of course yep. they're going to do that. Of course they're going to put something interesting in. That's that's the entire point. So yeah, it's. What do you got, Yod? Where do you fall on this? Uh if it's a game that I know I'm going to play and I'm going to be playing with people, they have to keep up with. I'll pre-order. Like the last time I pre-ordered something was Destiny Two. So you're a little peer pressure bitch. Uh, because <laughs> I mean, at the time it was also coming off of Destiny One, which there was a large group of us playing. Yeah, and you know, we we knew we were all going into it. We knew we were all going to start together, and all that stuff. So, you know, it was going to happen one way or another. Um, I I kind of like pre-order bonuses but a lot of times they're not really worth it because you can get the um digital extra version or whatever right the same price later on so and especially after the burn that was anthem <laughs> and and other games where you know, we've seen the, basically... that's the whole thing like we've seen so much of that over the last two right. or three years of right, just like anthem problem. burning people, Destiny Two even burning people, it did. Destiny it did. burning it did. people. You know Destiny when those, and, you know, I it mean, took it took Taken King to to make Destiny One right, good. Right. And and personally, even though I am a big Destiny fan, I really loved the storyline and the lore and all that stuff. Well, before the current stuff, it was all lore. There was no story, <laughs> but, <laughs> but I, I I really enjoy that stuff, but. <laughs> Destiny is the original Destiny was part of their problem. They set the standard for well, if you release it, they'll play it and they'll keep playing it and paying stuff for it until it's good. And all you got to do is keep stringing them along. A lot of mine lately over the years has come down to specific companies, Jason. And I don't know if the like this is the thing like Final Fantasy 16, right? I'm gonna pre-order that, no question. There's it's just not a question. For me that's gonna be a pre-order right. for me but i don't pre-order everything from square even though i do like them as a company <laughs> near near replicant i'm not gonna pre-order that i'm just gonna go buy that you know when i'm ready right uh i just and a lot of it comes with that culture of well we'll get their money now um and i've been screwed too many times so have all of us by a company not following through on anything or some projects just flat out going away 
you know, yeah. where right. you spend money on something and then six months in, it's gone. That whole promise of what it might be that you spoke to, Jason, we've just been burnt by it so many times. It's a greedy culture. I don't pre-order anything Activision Blizzard does. Nothing. <laughs> I play their games. Not all of them, but I play their games. But I don't I don't pre-order anything. You know, I, from yeah. them. I did slightly pre-order like Overwatch like a week before it came out. Now that I think of it, yeah. Oh yeah, APB. So, yeah, good call, Matt Martha. Yeah, good call. But Overwatch again, like Overwatch is something that I saw. I saw a lot of streams of, and I thought this looks really cool. I can't wait to play it. So you know, I I, I thought it yeah. looked fine from what I was seeing of people of people playing it. So on our original topics, I will not be pre-ordering Mass Effect. I have Jason seen enough from Resident Evil 8, Resident Evil Village, whatever you want to call it, and comfortable enough with most of Capcom's financial decisions that I'm I'm probably going to pre-order that one if there is some type of bonus, you know, whatever. Here's a big hat for for the lady. I don't know. <laughs> uh, if there's no bonuses, then no, I'm not going to pre-order it. But they are going to get my money. So on Comes those 44 centimeter high heels. Right. 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 You just get those high heels. Just one. Just right. one. Uh, I couldn't put two in the box. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, it's generally an interesting topic. I just think early access, by the way, I hate early access at this point. I know we focus mainly on pre-orders here, but that other fake term, yeah. early access, yeah, that I has agree. got to go. Covering so many things for MMO Bomb that are in early access for longer than it takes me to get two haircuts. You know, like right. it's just absolutely absurd the abuses that early access goes by, where it doesn't even have to be fully functional, like at least Destiny One was. It might not have been entertaining yet, right. but it was right. functional. Right. We you see the play. early access title just abused. Yeah. You see my totally. stream for the bus a couple weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's finish up with some random news here. Uh, Age of Empires 4 getting some uh, love coming up here. That's releasing, what, this summer, I think? Something like that. Mm, there we go. Just so, Sorry, I wanted to get the B-roll on there. Yeah, autumn. August. August. Autumn. Oh, autumn. Sorry, autumn. My bad, my bad. I am a huge Age of Empires guy, but disclaimer, Age of Empires, Age of Empires 2, back when I had dial-up. Like, that was <laughs> when I played Age of Empires. I do remember, Jason, that we played some online free-to-play one, didn't we, for MMO Bomb at some point that was available overseas but wasn't mass... You could play it from the United States, but it wasn't mass-marketed to the United States or something. I feel like there was a free-to-play Age of Empires. I think there was one, but I don't. Th I, don't I never personally played it. Uh, was there one? I don't know. Yeah, there was. Age of Empires Online. Yep, 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 yep. Okay. Yeah, I never played it. But... Uh, yeah, I, I seem to remember playing it for MMO Bomb. But we are getting Age of Empires 4. You're seeing right now in the video, if you're an Age of Empires fan, there's a little bit of difference going on here as far as not only the aesthetic, which is fine, you know, modern updates to it. I never played Age of Empires 3, so to me, this is like a huge leap, right? The last thing I've seen is Age of Empires 2 and some of its expansions. So looking at this, I'm like, wow, they've come a long way. Well, they probably should have. Right. It's been like 20 years uh, <laughs> since Age of Empires 2. But I used to play this online uh, via dial-up. 
against friends all the time, including against uh, my my girlfriend at the time, who's now my wife. So, yes, I am super pumped for this. There are changes. We've got additional civilizations. We don't have all of them revealed for us yet. Not all of them are revealed for us. We do have a number of the campaigns that are going to be available, but again, not all of them. And on top of this, Age of Empires 2 Definitive Edition is getting an expansion this summer. That amazed me because I'm like, the last time I looked at Age of Empires 2, I don't, I don't know what I was even looking at. And Age <laughs> of Empires 3 Definitive Edition on April 13th is getting its first major update with the United States civilization. So all in all, if you're an Age of Empires fan... It's going to be a good couple of months for you. It's going to be a really good couple of months for you. Jason, I got to imagine you with Total War and Rome and all of that stuff. You have played and mastered every single Age of Empires, right? Never. Son of a bitch. <laughs> I love just doing that to you. You always just assume stuff about me. Like, nope. No, Age of Empires is one I've just never gotten into because it just, I don't know why. It just hasn't been on my radar that much. It's, it's kind of secondary to the Total War and the Civilization and Crusader Kings and all that stuff, but seeing the Age of Empires 4, just seeing that footage, it's like, first of all, I'm trying to figure out what exactly you're doing. Is it a, is it a simulation game? Is it a is it an RTS? Is it, it's, like, it's like there's everything going on there. It's just crazy. Yeah, there really is. There really is. And it is more RTS than anything. It is more RTS than anything. Which probably explains why I haven't played it that much. If it's more like a build stuff and then send out units kind of thing, that's I'm not into StarCraft, that sort of stuff, so it's... Uh, this is coming out, by the way, uh, on PC from Steam and the Microsoft Windows Store, and it'll be available day one on the Xbox Game Pass for PC, which we're going to talk about in a minute. Yod, uh, how are you on the old Age of Empires? Was ever this ever your cup of tea? Uh, much like you, I haven't really looked at it since the first one, ages ago, so to speak. <laughs> ages of empires ages ago? ago get it ages yeah anyways uh, <laughs> the animations look really cool and you know build little houses and people and send them off to kill other people much like starcraft yeah but yeah. but not not really you know Oh, I, I don't think it's Mad Martha bringing up heroes of might and magic oh, Ooh, I played geez. the hell out of that too <laughs> oh, the multiplayer games that were had. <sighs> PlayStation is kind yeah. of working on a counterpunch to the Xbox Game Pass. This coming from David Jaffe, claimed uh, the God of War creator, who said some sources that he knows. <sighs> Hopefully. Ryan from uh, Sony said, there's actually news to come, but not just today when he was asked how PlayStation will respond to Microsoft's subscription service. This was back in November. We have PlayStation Now, which is our subscription service, which is awful. And that is available in a number of markets. Now, Jaffe, who worked at PlayStation for 14 years but left, has heard rumors now that Sony's response to the Game Pass is in the works. I've said time and again that people who are writing Jim Ryan's obituary are way premature. We had the guy on the show yesterday that had made the petition to fire Jim Ryan, and I was like, dude, that's way premature because Jim Ryan doesn't owe anybody. Sony doesn't owe anybody. The truth about what's coming and what their counterpunch to Game Pass is, what I can tell you is that I know they are doing some stuff because I know people at Sony who have told me that they are going to do some stuff. There will be a response to Game Pass. What it is, we don't know. 
Here's what I would say I worry about. If Jim Ryan thinks the proper response to Game Pass is to emulate backwards compatibility, PS3 games, PS2, PS1, and then to also add trophies, which is what that patent suggests they're going to do, and they're also going to fold in all the movies and shit and make a streaming service, he's absolutely wrong if he thinks that mixing it with PS Now is the way to go. Obviously, Game Pass grabbing a lot of headlines lately, catching a lot of attention, and I think it was up to like 18 million subscribers the last time I saw a note, uh, a number. In response to Sony a while ago saying, you know, a subscription service just doesn't work for what we want to do. PlayStation has to answer this soon. They've had the bad press side of this in... Lately, they've been funneling money uh, and resources away from smaller development studios back to the bigger teams that they work for. We're doing, allegedly, or a, a remaster of The Last of Us. That game's not even 10 years old, but we're going to do a remaster of it already, mm -hmm. uh, sinking money into those types of projects. They're taking down the PlayStation 3 and PS Vita stores, 2,000-plus titles that'll just no longer be available, some of which were exclusive to that platform, that storefront. They're just taking those all away. We talked about that last uh, last week, I believe. And, hell, the place, some PlayStation Vita owners or developers that are still working on projects didn't even know that that was going to happen, leading to some canceling the Vita version of their games flat out because they didn't know. There has to be a digital solution here or a digital counterpunch. We don't know what it is yet. Jaffe says, sources tell him, there is going to be one. But what do you do? Because Game Pass has just wildly caught on fire and drastically surpassed what the PSN subscription was always doing, which generally was my preferred subscription of the two if I was only going to pick one. But now, if you told me to pick one, I, I think, hands down, I have to go with Game Pass. And then the ease of access on those titles via PC, my Xbox, or if they're in the cloud on my phone, and just, I don't have to worry about what version of the damn game I have. Like, it is just incredible what they're doing with this stuff. It seems like Microsoft dead on, and Sony falling behind for the first time in a while on this race. But I don't know where they go, Jason. Any, any, any ideas? So clearly, they need, they need to buy another Bethesda or someone. So they can make their, <laughs> they have exclusive games on on their on their thing. So, I mean, I'm, I'm not a console guy, so I don't really know the exact intricacies of what's the difference between you know PS Now and uh, Xbox Game Pass. But yeah, they have to make some sort of big move. I think that's gonna be it's gonna grab the headlines back from Xbox and Microsoft and get them uh, bring on more subscribers. Yod, what can they do? Like, what would entice you? I, Game Pass is enticing. Even if you don't own an is, Xbox, is. Game Pass right. is enticing. Right, that, that's the entire thing, is that I, I've been a PS4 guy, like the architecture, I, I like how it was set up, and, you know, I'm still running off of the Gen 1 PS4, because it just works. Yeah. Um, But, and, you know, I was estimating that eventually I'd upgrade to PS5 and all that stuff, but with how Game Pass works and stuff, do I really... Or do I just get a Game Pass and play on, you know, my my PC? Yeah. Or get a Xbox Series X, you know, if, if I want that fast to process or, you know, upgrade my computer. But that's neither <laughs> here nor there. Uh, but, I mean, 
you got to do something because at this point, especially with closing of the Vita store and closing of the PS3 store, like you said, you're losing a whole bunch of games there that were exclusive. Such a bad look, that too. People want to, yeah, people want to play those games. And <laughs> Jim Sterling's now, episode this week was about it's totally morally okay to pirate all of Sony's stuff now. <laughs> like if if they don't care enough right? to be actually able to sell the product to you, then right? they don't care about it being able to be bought. Therefore, exactly. their most powerful argument against piracy, which is a bullshit argument to begin with, has now gone away. So it was, yeah, exactly. it's morally fine to pirate Sony, according to uh, Mr. Sterling. Uh, I'm sorry. But, I'm sorry. I apologize. I apologize. Uh, not Mr. Yeah. Not Mr. Uh, not Mr.? No, I apologize to Jim Sterling. Uh, for Jim Sterling. Wrong, wrong prefix to, to names there. <laughs> uh, and my apologies. It was unintentional. Uh, they've got to do something, though. They absolutely yeah, have they, they to do, do something. They're pulling they really uh, chat do. talking about they're kind of stuck in this 1980s, 1990s Japanese management mindset. And I think there's a little something to that, Jason. They're almost mm -hmm. like Nintendo in the way that they're behaving where, hey, we know what we're doing. And if it's even if it's wildly different, we're going to do it. But I think you're going to find a lot more of those PSNs coming up for renewal that don't get mm -hmm. renewed. Yeah, I mean, you just got to look at the yeah. number. It, said, what, 2 .2, it says 2.2 million subscribers to PlayStation now, as opposed to 18 million for Game Pass. It's like, mm -hmm. Yeah, it looks like Microsoft them, found a way to make that sub work that Sony said wouldn't work. Oh, yeah. yeah. You, you got to love when companies say, we can't. I remember when game companies would say, oh, we can't, we can't have our game without a subscription. That won't work. And then they go free to play. I'm like, oh, well, yeah, I guess we can somehow, magically. Um, sitting here trying to remember Jim Sterling's name. Stephanie, Stephanie, Stephanie. I think it's Stephanie. Um, last up, little change, Microsoft. Now, I mean, it. this is just rumor. Just rumor, but this could be a big score on this exact topic. Right. The rumors are that we could see Kojima Productions' next big game. Published by Microsoft for the Xbox. Now, Phil Spencer's been trolling us with his backgrounds for a while, hiding the Xbox S in the background before it was officially revealed, hiding some other things, including the Bethesda nod before that purchase went through. His last stream has the figure that is the logo for Kojima Productions standing on his shelf right next to the Xbox uh, logo. That is what I call a power move, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> when you snag a Kojima exclusive away from who you would pre presumably it be a Sony product, mm -hmm. in the middle of all this back and forth, that's a big get. If you can get it, this is still rumor, speculation on just Phil Spencer's stream and some other tidbits out there. We should know soon what's going on with Kojima's next title, and that will tell us a lot more. But this would be a hell of a get. Yeah, but I'm upset that I had to click on a video that said something like insane rumor or whatever. It's like, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean... If how many how many copies did Death Stranding sell? Like like how big a deal was? Because I heard like either great it was either great or it was terrible. 
So well, like I'm trying to figure out if Kojima really still has that kind of cash to be a huge, huge, huge deal. Let's see. We got, uh, according to Game Rant, Game Rant, that the uh, game was met with positive critical and performed financially. Yeah. Analysts estimated the game has already sold around 4 million copies. That was as of September 18th, 2020. Uh, so shortly after its release, had already That's surpassed decent. the 4 million copies number. It's not like spectacular, number. but yeah, I mean, it's... Kojima is more of a name than he is of a game developer at this point. It seems like, <laughs> like people are more interested. Uh, uh, people are more interested in just hearing about him and the crazy stuff he does than what he puts in his games. I, I don't know. That's how it seems to me. Unless he makes another Metal Gear, in which case I'll, I'll buy it immediately. In April 2021, publisher 505 Games' parent organization, Digital Brothers, announced in a financial that the PC release for Death Stranding had generated 23 million euro, 27 million dollars in revenue as of December 2020, making it the company's highest grossing game in 2020. That's the PC version. Uh, Kojima stated in May of 2020 that Death Stranding had sold enough to recoup the development costs and turn a profit, securing funding for Kojima's next project. That was as of May last year. Wow. PlayStation Network, the game reached an estimated total of 3 million players, including 390,000 monthly active users as of April 2020. According to Super Data Research Estimates, Death Stranding sold 477,000 copies in its first month on Steam. It did well. It, it did, did well. well. You, you don't but say. It did well. It's not spectacular. So, I mean. It did well. All right. It did well. Yeah. It's still a good, it's still a big get. Sure. That's a huge pull away from Sony, isn't it, Yad? A little bit. If it happens. If it happens. A little bit. I have a feeling it's more of a there he he's not gonna be doing anything exclusive with Sony than a stealing away completely, you know? We'll see. We'll but, see. Definitely one I wanted to bring up. We don't have a lot on it besides the speculation, but we'll be watching it. It kind of fit with the Game Pass versus Sony thing that we were discussing. Right. Let's head over and do our Games of the Week. I'll go first this time. I'm going to give it to DJ Max Respect on the PC. I just bought a couple of, excuse me, hiccup. A couple of weeks ago, some DLC went on sale. Finally, it's not on sale all that often, so I got a ton more songs to play. It's a blast. If you like rhythm games and you got a PC, definitely a get. And if you can catch it on sale, great, but it's not on sale all that often and it's still kind of full price, so I understand that might be a setback. But damn, is it a good rhythm game. I love DJ Max. What do you got, Jason? Have you done that like three times? Has it been your game of the week like three times already? No, not yet. Rocket League was twice though, and I think Outriders was twice too. No, I'll, technically, I think I gave Outriders demo one week, and then Outriders. Oh, jeez. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. Then yeah. we do the final version, then we do the hey, deluxe hey, edition. Man, and give it another the demo time. is still outperforming Avengers, so. <laughs> <laughs> it, and I, that's Demo's not a lie. Free. Go look at Steam charts. The demo still has more players that's, that's, that's than crazy. Avengers. What do you got, uh, Jason? Uh, I've been playing the heck out of Enlisted since I went to open beta on Thursday. That's the new free-to-play uh, from shooter. Gaijin Entertainment. Yeah, Gaijin Entertainment and Dark Flow Software. I'm kind of terrible at it, but I occasionally have a good match, and it feels it feels great because you get to shoot like a bunch of AI controlled troops, and you feel like you're really doing something, even though none of them are probably controlled by a human. So <laughs> interesting. You feel you end, you end a match, you have like 25 kills. You're like, that's great, but 
See, the top guy had like 80 or something, so it's like, well, yeah. Keep your eyes on uh, MMOBomb.com this week. Jason will be posting a first-look video on Enlisted. If you want to check out that game, uh, you'll be able to do so. First-look video. What do you got, Yod? So uh, I'm, I'm going to go back to uh, Robotech. <laughs> wow, you are going back. Be yes, because this week, Harmony Gold and Big West made a deal and they're able to actually release Macross and Robotech internationally and in the U.S. now. So, on the Switch, Robotech. Let us know <laughs> in the comments below who had the best recommendation. Chat after the show here. Make sure you hang tight for a few minutes. We'll have uh, the channel go dark for 30 seconds or so, and then we're going to be coming up with our streamer extraordinaire this evening, Mr. Torchwick. How are you, sir? I'm doing good. How are you? You finished Fallout last week. What is the verdict? I I don't regret playing it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I had fun, but there are points in that that I will not do again. I <laughs> I'm sure they're gonna <laughs> totally use you for their marketing material. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, oh, Buy oh, Fallout on sale on Steam. Dash. I don't regret playing it. Ready check radio. <laughs> no, 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 okay, okay. Overall, enjoyable <laughs> experience. But every now and then, there'd be like 15 minutes of pure agony. Nice. So, so that means you've got to start up a new game today on games older than me. The only criteria, does there's no platform-specific issues here or anything. The only criteria is the game had to have officially released prior to the day you were born. What are we starting off now? Uh, well, you were talking about Kojima earlier. Yeah. Which... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Kind of funny because we're going to be playing Metal Gear Solid. Ah, the original PS One. Oh yeah, nice, nice. Now you do own the game, I know, because I've bought it for you. But I assume we're going to be playing <laughs> on an emulator just for ease of use for the stream purposes, right? Yep. Although whenever it comes to an emulator, I always try to put the game up on the screen behind me so I can show I own it. So yep. you'll see it doing its thing back there too. Sounds good. We'll see you in just a few minutes, and you can enjoy the original Metal Gear Solid. Now, I know you're a huge Metal Gear fan. Have you played the yeah. first one at all? I, I've beaten the first one multiple times, uh, which is what I want to say something. Um, with the other two games, because I'd never played them before, yeah. it, that was like the whole experience was, was, it was new to me. I want to try to carry some of that over to this game, so I'm going to be putting up as difficult as it will go because I've never beaten it like that before. I'm not uh, sure how long that will last, but we're going to make an attempt. Just remember to pick up the SOCOM in the truck off the beginning. You'll be <laughs> Don't forget that because you'll screw up later if you, if you don't grab it there. Mm -hmm. So, chat, no hang, hang tight. Yeah, you won't get the goggles. T hang tight. We'll uh, have that stream coming up right after the show. If you're watching on YouTube, of course, come on over live sometime. Check out the show and then check out Torchwick's stream after the show and then Tarkov later in the evening as well. We got a jam-packed weekend for you. Liminality Carb in the mornings, this show, a couple of streams after it, a couple of streams tomorrow night. It's always fun here on the weekends on Ready Check Radio. We'll be back next Saturday, 7 p.m. Eastern for Gaming Gumbo. Until then, Yod, where can everybody find you? Uh, Yacht Artworks on Twitter, Yacht Artworks on Facebook, and right here on Gaming Gumbo. Jason. 
On Twitter, Winter on Formal, streaming at twitch.tv slash Jason Winter. I'm Mike Byrne. You can follow me right there at MagicMan1, but more importantly, follow at RC Radio, R-A-I-D-E-O, so you'll know exactly when we're going live and you can come hang out with us. Until next time, stay safe. We'll see you on the servers. Later. Later.